Welcome to the Women Empower podcast, where women entrepreneurs share their stories, struggles, and accomplishments. We are here to listen to women in all walks of life, from starting a business to running million-dollar companies, from personal to business, and everything in between. Let's get started. Here's your host, Brie Logue. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Women Empower podcast. I'm your host, Brie Logue. Today we have Angie Clement Spires with us. She has a heart for local business and 25 years of experience in marketing, leadership, and business development. She brings these dynamics together to elevate businesses with power and purpose. She believes in authentic relationships and brings connectivity through resources and education. As a solopreneur and solo parent, Angie knows how crucial it is to maximize efficiency and productivity in a fulfilling environment that creates a high return. Thank you so much for being here today with us, Angie. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. So let's start. Tell us a little bit about you and what you're currently doing. Um, Well, I'm a solo parent. I have two really busy boys. They're 11 and 14. And so they are in multiple sports and activities. We do scouting as a family. I'm heavily involved in my community in the uh, local chamber here. And I own a consulting business, Clementine Consulting. So I work with business owners and entrepreneurs, and we find strategic solutions to their biggest challenges. In addition to that, I offer DISC assessments and profile um, profile assessments for trainings, and we utilize those for communication, employee retention, uh, conflict management, and so forth. That's really cool. I know last time we talked, um, I was talking about I should do my DISC profile, and I completely forgot about it. And now I'm going to actually, <laughs> actually put it in my calendar and get it done again. It's amazing the insights when we understand ourselves, but also other people, how that just heightens communication. For sure. So why don't we start? Um, how did you become an entrepreneur? Well, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but it really came to fruition this past spring. Um, and what I do now kind of encompasses all of my business background experience, but in a much more holistic way for my clients. I love that word, holistic. <laughs> So I know you said that you help people kind of communicate um, through the DISC assessment, but let's dive deeper into that. Um, So how do you help these businesses? Uh, So the Exxon platform of programming that I use is designed for mastermind groups and peer advisory groups. We come together and it's very purposeful and efficient and effective, and it walks us through ways to find solutions to program. uh, challenges that they bring to the hot seat. So if you have challenges, um, they uh, bring those to our meetings and then we find resources or ways to help help through that. It's an, a very iron sharpens iron kind of environment. That's really cool. So how did you kind of decide that you wanted to help other business owners? Well, leadership sales, relationships. It's all what I love doing. I'm a really independent person and, you know, just sitting behind a desk is not my, my forte. I'm not good at that. I need to be out with people. And I love the hearts of people. I love hearing their stories and what brought them to who they are and their journey of how they got to where they are now. And so, um, I really just want to hear those hearts, validate people, and then help them through the, the roadblocks that are keeping them from thriving or exceeding or accelerating. For sure. So what's been one of your biggest struggles getting your businesses uh, or your business up and running? 
Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like life has thrown some pretty significant curveballs, And I think as women, we go through a lot of different seasons and life throws so much at us and we're just expected to pivot and adapt and keep going. And we do that, but I would say, so for a 10 year span, I left the corporate world in a really good job to stay home and raise my boys, which was a huge blessing. And I'm glad that I got to do that. And then life circumstance threw me back into the conventional working world all of a sudden um, through a very messy, complicated five-year divorce. And so I found myself just needing to put groceries on the table. I didn't have a savings. I didn't have a retirement. I didn't have a spouse and I didn't have a plan. I just had to feed my kids the next meal and make it through the next day. And so (laughs) just building each brick um, from the ground up to reestablish my life. And I think in those circumstances, looking at the whole big picture is really overwhelming because we just don't have all of the puzzle pieces to put together. We just have to find what's the next right step and do that one thing. Right. One little step at a time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when did you make the transition from the corporate world to kind of being your own solopreneur? Um, When it was this past spring and I always had this on my heart that Uh, instead of working for a particular company where my marketing strategy sessions were designed to go out and promote the like upsell their next service from the company. Sometimes I would see all these local business owners, which is, you know, who I've always been working with. And I could see that their dollars or their effort or what their real correct next right step should be wasn't something that I could recommend. And that just felt heavy for me. That felt really heavy on my heart. And so in this way, I knew that I wanted to be able to go out and say, honestly, grow, or this is foundational to help propel you to the next level and to have resources and um, education available for them that I can really help them with that. Right. It must be so much better now that you actually be able to help people in all the ways you want to, not just confined to one space. <laughs> oh, it's such a huge breath of fresh air. I love it. And yeah. game changer for me and my boys too, because it's, you know, it's tricky to balance all the things and people talk about work-life balance. I'm like, what really is that? What is that margin? Because, you know, we want to show our kids diligence and um, success and a hard worker, but sometimes that gets into a gray area of, workaholic. And that's what it was for me for sure. And so I had to pull it back and go, how can I create margin in our lives, but still be very purposeful in my work and find it fulfilling. So now I can do that. That's awesome. How's that journey been for you? I know for me, it was a huge struggle when I first started to kind of manage my own schedule. Um, how's that kind of been? Well, um, so this transition actually happened right at the same time that we were moving. And then my kids were out of school for the summer. And so I had to remind myself to give my own self grace. Like if this were a good friend, what would I tell her looking at her situation? I would say, girl, you have got to give yourself some grace because this is a very transitional time in multiple areas of your life. And it doesn't happen overnight. So exactly. I feel like we're always so hard on ourselves, but I love that you said that you actually think like you're talking to one of your friends, not yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I do that a lot in different ways, like how I look in this dress or how I did at a presentation or um, how successful I've like uh, 
gauged myself to be this month in my work. And I just think like, what would I tell a good friend, honestly, if, if we were talking about it and have that kind of outlook for myself as well. I love that. So you also mentioned being authentic a couple times now. Is that one of your core values? Yes, absolutely. I value face-to-face relationships. I value human connection. Um, kind of the background of that actually is I was a makeup artist pre, um, in another endeavor previously, and we had to qualify by, we had certain requirements, right? And so one of the things was we had to do 56 different makeup techniques on 56 different faces. And to check all those off, you know, you, you had to make appointments with 56 people. That's a lot. And when women allow you to sit in front of them, close proximity with no makeup on, they're in a very vulnerable space. And I got to hear the hearts of women in amazing ways, like authenticity just came out of the woodwork and it opened my heart and my eyes to the fact that like human connection is so necessary for our journey and how beautiful it can be. It is for sure. Like actually really connecting with people, not just, you know, hi, how are you? Yeah. Or, you know, like you see somebody at the gym or at Target and you assume that their life is a certain way, but have you really gotten to know their heart? Like how well do you know the person and how uh, life has shaped them or the things that are burdens on their hearts? You know, like how can you help support them as a human being and as a sister on this journey? If you don't know them, you can't really, right? You can try, but it's definitely a lot easier if you actually know what they need. Yeah. And I totally had a question for you off of that, and I just lost it. I don't know. Today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. Found it. That's my question. Um, So is that kind of what brought you to the Chamber of Commerce? I know you said you do a lot of work um, networking. Is that kind of how that came to start to you? Yes. So I had joined years ago on my own as an individual. And then through business, I would, you know, I was still there for the company I worked for. And then now back to being there for my own business for Clementine Consulting. And um, our town especially is just a really unique animal in that we are large enough to be purposeful and intentional and progressive, but also you never feel like a number. There are true relationships there and we're able to foster those and connect on a really real level consistently. And so, um, yeah, I can't imagine not being a part of it. I like what I do. I love being out in the community. I think if we live in a space, then we have to be willing to participate and give back to that space. And I want to teach my kids to do that as well. Yeah. Chambers are great way. Cause they definitely um, are involved in lots of things in the community too. They definitely give back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you follow any of my pages, it's, um, you'll see me kind of everywhere. Somebody asked me yesterday, has Edmund ever had a meeting or event that you haven't attended? And I said, I think, I think in 1996 they did because <laughs> <laughs> I moved here in 97. And I think I've been to everything since then. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I love the chamber. I haven't actually joined the one since I moved to San Antonio and I feel like I definitely need to get back into, um, networking. I love networking and I definitely have not built the relationships of the community here yet. And that's something I definitely have been missing for sure. Yeah. There's such a beautiful tapestry in that when we bring people together in the community to work together for common good, um, and if you live in an area where maybe your chamber isn't as, um, 
active where they don't have as much programming and you would like to see something then be the person, be the anchor, be the foundational blocks for what you would like to see. For sure. Right. You can't put on somebody else. If you want something to happen, it's got to be yeah. on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, where are you located by the way? I am in Edmond, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Nice. Have it you always lived far. there? Uh, I moved here in 97 to go to college. If that, uh, I just kind of gave away my age there. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I did not know one person in this town and I moved one month after I graduated high school, but I had a scholarship to college and I said, peace out. And I came up here and I loved it. Like I knew when I drove around here the first time that it was going to be home. So I've always felt like this was my place. Uh, how cool is that? You just knew right away. Like this is Yeah. Like life. it was just that when that gut feeling of like, okay, this is it. Oh, that's amazing. I love that feeling. Like, oh, I definitely feel like that here. I'm like, I'm meant to be in San Antonio. Like something just like, I know I'm meant to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of times in life where we just get those nuggets of clarity. So when you do, you really remember them. Hold on to that. Exactly. So entrepreneurship has many ups and downs. How do you handle the bad days? Ooh, there are no guarantees in life. There just aren't. And uh, entrepreneurship really comes with a lot of trial and error. So I think you have to look at it like every single day is a new day and it's a new opportunity to learn. It's a new opportunity to realign your perspective and what you want um, out of that day and how you want things to go. And so you have to look at the failures as learning opportunities. And really, honestly, I just have a really thick skin and I don't know if it's years in sales or it's just my personality type, but it doesn't mean that anyone's feelings aren't valid or you shouldn't allow yourself time to process things that happen um, or how you feel. But it just means that sometimes you have to prioritize what needs to be handled first and what matters most and then go from there. I always tell people in sales that every no gets you closer to your next yes. And so just be thankful for the no's because those propel you to the yeses that are in store for you. The power of no. I think that was a book I read too. Um, mm. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a great one. <laughs> but it's hard. When you're in that moment, it is so difficult sometimes to be like, no, I really was counting on this person to say yes. And it's like, oh, yeah. sometimes it can be very difficult to handle that rejection. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels so personal. And um, you just have to look at it like it's life. And those things happen. And how do I, how do I extend my vision past the setback to see what's in store? Like, where do we go from here? Exactly. And exactly what you said it just now, personal. I feel like, especially as a solopreneurs, it's like, it feels so personal because it is them dealing with us directly. And it's like, oh, those no's are, can be definitely <laughs> a little yeah. harder, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was just, I was thinking like, um, you know, entrepreneurship in and of itself is, I compare it to jumping off the diving board. You know, when you're a kid and you go to the community pool and there's a the high dive and you have to dive off it the first time. And um, it's hard. It's exhilarating and terrifying and freeing and um, disorienting all at the same time. And it takes courage to step out on your own. But if you, if you feel called to that, like you have to go for it because it's worth it to try it and to fail than to go your whole life and look back and go, man, I really should have at least given it a shot. Right. The biggest failure is not trying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
a life is too short to not try. <laughs> it is hundred percent. So let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, and let's kind of go more into your expertise. Tell us a little bit about how to maximize efficiency and productivity. Oh, um, efficiency and productivity. Well, I prioritize things and then I know, um, people have mixed feelings about time blocking, but for me, if I don't visually put it on my calendar, it will get swallowed up. That time will get swallowed up with other things. And especially my calendar fills up, you know, two or three weeks in advance. And so if I want to be purposeful about, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I need to do follow-ups or I really want to just take 30 minutes in the morning to check on friends um, because that's what relationships are about. And I want to be authentic and not just when, um, not just when I see them out and about, but also, you know, check on their heart uh, other times then I, I really have to be purposeful about those things. So, and I I'm on the go a lot. I tend to just go, 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 go. So if I want to be a little more structured about my day and the things that I really need to get done, then I, I actually put it on the calendar. Yes. A hundred percent. If it's not on my calendar, it's not going to get done. Like I have to mm -hmm. make sure I time block my day. Um, Cause I'll find myself be like, Oh, this task, you know, I have to do it at some point today. Then it's like six 30 at night. And I'm like, cool. It's like I'm working late tonight because I totally did not do the thing I need to do today. And that's like the one yeah. task that I really need to get done. Yeah. But the days that's are so busy, even things that are really important to me, like certain people's birthdays or whatever. <laughs> if I don't have that also on the calendar, I love them very much, but sometimes the whole day goes by and I'm like, man, <laughs> the whole day flew by. I should have thought of it. But, um, yeah. So something else to do with efficiency, especially if you're an entrepreneur or you're a business owner and you don't have a large corporation where you have like an HR department or an accounting department, a marketing department, then some resources that could really help are finding uh, vetted, cred credible resources that can help you with those things without you having to hire a whole full time employee. So like I have a good friend that I know does an amazing job at um, outsourced HR benefits. And so they can help with payroll and things like that. Take that off your plate. So you get back to investing in your employees and your clients first and foremost, because that's going to help your business thrive. Same with accounting. Like if you are trying to be a one man band and you're investing all your time trying to get, you know, your books done every single day and you're not at the front counter talking to your customers and helping your employees and being in the midst of it, then your business is going to feel that impact. And so just um, pre-vetting those resources for my clients to put those in place when I see, okay, this, this is what's consuming a lot of your very valuable time. Let's pivot and let an, a professional do that. You're paying them a fraction of the cost that you would hire a whole full-time employee. You have it professionally done, and then you're freed up to do what you do best, which is run your business. Exactly. Right. It's like if you break it down most of the time, like you're paying yourself more to do these things and you would pay somebody else and that's yeah. what they like to do. And it's like, these aren't things that I like to do. So you're not being your most productive self either. Right. When it comes to tax season, like I, it's like, I would far rather go to the dentist. Like I would love to see my dentist overdoing my taxes. And so, um, I've given that over to a professional, like just I'm so happy to support your business as well. You do it and saves me a ton of time and headache and it's better that way. Right. Delegation. Yes. <laughs> Delegate to dominate. Ooh, that's good. Delegate to dominate. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so you also talk about um, creating authentic 
relationships in the workplace. Um, so do you have any tips on the, how to do that as a, say somebody who just started hiring employees, um, who wants to kind of start creating those relationships, where would you start? Um, I think just being on the level, like never managing from above the clouds. I call it from above the clouds because what's your visibility here? How can you see the people who are in your care? And those are your employees. You really have to know something about them, care enough to know um, about them, to know what their needs are as an employee as well. And just, well, I think team building um, is is important. So doing things like a disc assessment for everyone and helping understand, okay, on our team, where are people best utilized and what communication styles or tactics work best for certain people? Because you can say one thing to one person and it's just like, okay, that's clarity and they get it and the light bulb goes off and you say it to the next person and a wall goes up. What makes that happen and why are they different? And how can we communicate? Um, on a level or in ways that everyone can understand and be best utilized on your team. So do you go over the disc assessments with your clients too, and kind of mm-hmm. teach them how to read it? Yeah. Cause I'm say, cause I know oh, yeah. I do it, sometimes it's like, Oh, I kind of get what it's saying, but I feel like it's, it must be hard to be like, Oh, now you need to know how to do my own and how to read all my employees as well. Yeah, exactly. No, we don't just um, leave them out in the water on that. So we'll send out an assessment. They complete the assessment online. It's um, like, it's just fun. Like everybody does personality little assessments with Disney characters on Facebook, then you can definitely do a disc assessment as well. And when we get the results, we'll utilize that as a training and we can do very small group. We can just do a small management group. Um, I can direct it to a sales force. Like, how do you speak to your clients? How do you kind of recognize what personality type your client is and speak to that? How do you close the deal with somebody that's a D or an I or an S or a C? And so I love to see the light bulbs go off because people start going, you know what? That's why my husband does this. Or this is what my kid really means when they say this, or this is their attitude about something. And so um, it, it goes so much further than just the workplace. It helps you in the workplace for sure, but it helps you see things about yourself. Sometimes it lends itself to some self-forgiveness. Um, and then just the awareness of, okay, so as a human being, how can I be a better person? How can I be a better human being? How can I be more relatable to more people? Helps in every aspect of your life. Well, you sold me. I'm definitely going to retake it today. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to take it periodically too. So I've used disc consistently for almost 10 years, about 10 years. And where I started and where I am now, because of the journey that life has taken me on, it's interesting to see kind of the evolution of who you are with experience. For sure. Yeah. So I think it's been like five or six years now since I've taken it. And, um, I was still in a corporate world then. So I feel like it's gotta be different now. Yeah. That'd be really interesting. I would love to see, um, your results compared to the last one. I still have the last one too. I think I was DSC. I think I have it in my email. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so do you work with people all over the country or you just work within Oklahoma? Uh, the community stuff I do obviously is local and I, I kind of try to keep it not restricted, but concentrated to this area so that I don't dilute the impact that I want to have. Um, but as far as the consulting, so the mastermind groups and the disc assessments, we can do anywhere, anytime. 
it's a virtual world. It is right. And the power yeah. of zoom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really cool. So how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can find me at clementineconsulting.net or they can email me at angie at clementineconsulting.net or all of my social handles are clementineconsulting LLC. Nice. Well, that keeps it super easy. Yeah. (laughs) Tried to streamline it. It's like (laughs) passwords. Let's admit I cannot remember multiple passwords. Everything needs to be streamlined. Oh yeah. Roboform is a lifesaver for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Last pass. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, I almost forgot my favorite question. Uh, What's your favorite book? Ooh. Okay. This is really hard to narrow down because I'm kind of a book nerd. It's actually English and communications major, um, lit major. So I wrote down a few. If you're a parent, Loving Your Kids on Purpose by Danny Silk is amazing. Uh, For Life Habits in General, Atomic Habits by James Clear. To Show Yourself Grace, Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nyquist. Um, To Go Out Courageously, Undaunted by Christine Kane. And then some of my other favorites are Rudyard Kipling and Ralph Waldo Emerson, Robert Frost, just in general. <laughs> Love it. I definitely have a Ralph Waldo Emerson book behind me somewhere too. Oh, um, yay. Too. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. I'm actually a couple of those I haven't read, so I will definitely have to add those to my list. Oh, and on my list to start on are the Go-Giver series. So there's a Go-Giver influencer, the Go-Giver leader, and then one like the regular go-giver. And so I kind of feel like that's going to be the trifecta. I'm going to read all three. <laughs> he actually just came out with another one, a go-giver marriage too. I know my husband oh, really? that one up too. Yeah, he loves it. I haven't read them, but he loves them. They're like his favorite books. And they're small books too. So it's gratifying to feel like, oh, look at that. I, I finished a whole book. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm definitely the person that's like, I need to put them all on my good reads and check them off so I can mm-hmm. count how many I have this year. Yeah. <laughs> Every year. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you today. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure and I would love to have further conversation with anybody who's interested. Thank you for listening to the Women in Power podcast. Please hit the subscribe and like button to see more episodes. New episodes air every Wednesday morning. So please join our Facebook group, Women in Power, for the latest updates and news about our podcast. 